0: Welcome to the Entrepreneur's MBA, bringing you lessons from real life entrepreneurs they don't teach in business school. Here's your host, business coach and marketing strategist, Adam Kipnis. Welcome, welcome, everyone, to this morning's episode of the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast. I am your host, Adam Kipnis, and excited about today's show because we are going to learn some very cool action steps, some very cool ideas on how to have purpose in your business and be a purpose pioneer. I'll tell you a little bit more about that in a second. Our show is brought to you by C-Suite Radio and sponsored in part by Powertexting.com. Powertexting.com is a great way to stay in touch with your prospects and your clients fast and easy through text messaging and they have a free gift that I will tell you a little bit more about in a second. As always on the show, we're here to learn lessons From other entrepreneurs just like you, what did they go through? What did they learn? What are they doing so you can take the next step in your business? One of those steps is getting new clients and making more money. And if you love the show and love what we're doing, you'll love my book because it is Eight Steps to Make More Money in Your Business Without Spending Any Money on Marketing or Advertising. And you can get it at freebookfromadam.com. So I encourage you to do that and stay tuned for more on the free gift from powertexting.com. And as we get going, um, our guest today is a purpose-driven coach. She has her own business that has a really cool story in what she's been able to do in just a short period of time with her purpose partner, Thomas. Alex Agresta, Alex, thanks for being on the show and sharing some of your thoughts today.
1: Yes, I am so excited to be on and dive into the purpose. What an awesome platform to do that. So thank you for having me.
0: You're welcome. And I want to start with learning a little bit about about your journey. I always start the show just learning about the journey portion of your entrepreneurial life. And you work with a lot of, I'm using air quotes, post nine to five people. Where did you start and how did it lead you to starting your own business?
1: Yes, awesome, awesome question. So I was really fortunate to have grown up with both sides of my family, my mom and my dad, all entrepreneurs. So that is what I saw. That is what I knew. Uh, They owned restaurants. My mom had actually a really successful eBay store back in, like, the early 2000s. My dad was in real estate. So I got a lot of different parts of entrepreneurship. And I always said, I want to be an entrepreneur. This is what I saw. So that's what I knew, and it got me excited. But somewhere along the way, I I'm not sure what happened. Maybe it was school. I got swept up in. Well, I guess I'll go to college, and I guess I'll explore, you know, a job, and we'll go from there. Even though I knew my heart was saying, you know, become an entrepreneur, get into that now. The earlier, the better. So I went off to college, but I see that as such an incredible. Uh, part of my journey i I really stepped into my independence. I learned so much about myself being on my own. I was about a thousand miles away from home, so I really was far, far away from everything I knew and then uh, you know, my dad always said it was it was a matter of time before you came back to saying you know doing what it what it is that you always wanted to do. so about two years into college, I was like, Yeah, this college thing is fun. I enjoy it. I'm totally going to get my degree and put my all into it.' But I was, I was working some jobs, and I was like, this isn't for me. Like, I have visions, I have dreams, and I want to get to work on that literally right now. So I started my first business as a sophomore in college. It's like the typical, like, a kid is building something in a dorm situation. So it's pretty cool, <laughs> and it was really fun. And I, I was still working some jobs just to make ends meet. I I was, I was supporting myself in college, and then once I – graduated I said this is the path for me I know it's going to be hard but I know it's going to be so worth it and I'm going to learn so much more about myself if I am choosing to do this and really get a degree in life and and business in the real world so that that's how I got here
0: Interesting. So, so what was your business as a sophomore? I mean, when I was in school, there were lots of people who were like selling silly T-shirts, sort of dorm room to dorm room, and um, a lot of us who were more on the traditional path were like, that seems like a big pain in the ass. But they they were starting their journey um, early. What what did you sell, or what what was your business?
1: Yeah, so I saw that too. A ton of my my college friends they were doing little things like selling stickers and selling T-shirts. I thought that was super cool. But I dove I dove right into like the the big bad boy arena. I started an app, a mobile app, and I built a team. And it was all about cultivating really meaningful communities. So that purpose that I have that that is reflected in my business now. It was always there. So the pain point what I was experiencing. I was getting into the business world. I was going to tons of networking events, and I was so sick of the surface-level conversation. I, just, I didn't like that everyone was just handing out business cards. I was like, I'm here to learn. Like, I want to learn from your wisdom. Let's dive into meaningful conversation. Like, how can we cultivate that? So I created this platform. It was a, a piece of technology, and then it was a methodology that I was teaching of how to empower different associations, chambers of commerce, that, that type of groups, uh, to engage their community on the foundation of values, of purpose, with shared vision, so we can come together around stuff that really, really, really matters. And then the tangible part of that, it was helping these associations uh, with their turnover rates, which were really, really, really high. They didn't really know how to retain people, especially with the newer generations coming in, which are demanding meaning and purpose in their work. So that that was my first company, and it was awesome.
0: I, took, I took Interesting. On really big. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's um, you and Mark Zuckerberg creating communities from your dorm room. Um, exactly. And we- <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love that. So, did w- did you get some traction there and, and start to make yep. money in it, or was it more of a labor of love that taught you a lot of lessons?
1: So it was pre-revenue, but it or like yeah, we didn't even have any money coming in, but it had got <laughs> pre-revenue. A lot of I like that. Yeah, well, that's like the tech startup term. So i just saying, no money. <laughs> but uh, we uh, we got a lot of traction. I built a team. I got into a really competitive uh, accelerator, a three-month accelerator program. I did about ten to fifteen company pitches. I won a uh, business competition with with money attached to it. I won an award. I, so it, for the for as early stage in the in the process as it was. We got a lot of traction, and where I ended my journey, I was actually talking with investors. I was seeking investment to really get it off the ground, and then I had this awakening, and I was like, I don't want to go in this direction. So I stopped and went on to the next thing.
0: (laughs) So you, you got to the point where you could turn this passion project, I guess, into a company with investors and with money and probably a board of directors and probably a lot of oversight, was it overwhelming or was it just lacking the actual vision and passion that you had and you wanted to build?
1: You know, that's, that's an awesome question. I think it's a little bit of both. It was absolutely overwhelming. I don't know if anyone listening has, you know, raised, done, raising funding, but it was the first time I had ed- ever done it and it was, yeah, it was a very overwhelming process and uh, so that was part of it and then my company had the vision it had the purpose that was what I, that was my zone of genius right that was what i was good at incorporating that into everything we did and then i noticed that even you know just in the processes of having conversations with investors i felt like it was all changing and then i had this moment i was like wow like this thing this vision this THIS PURPOSE IS NOW GOING TO BE AT THE WILL OF OTHER PEOPLE THAT DON'T HAVE THAT SAME PASSION AS I DO. SO I HAD THIS MOMENT OF, YOU KNOW, I CAN GO DOWN TWO paths. LIKE, I can, I CAN GET INTO THE WORLD OF DOING THIS, NOT ON MY OWN, BUT BEING SELF-SUSTAINING, BEING ABLE TO GENERATE REVENUE ON MY OWN, OR I CAN GO DOWN THE PATH OF, YOU KNOW, RELYING ON CAPITAL, REALLY HAVING A LOT OF DEBT GOING INTO THE COMPANY BEFORE IT EVEN MAKES MONEY, and I just I didn't want to go I didn't want to be I didn't want this purpose to be controlled by all these other outside people that didn't feel it as much as I did.
0: So that's an interesting take because a lot of businesses um, and especially entrepreneurs that that are solopreneurs that are doing their thing they lack the ability to scale they lack the ability to turn their their project into a business and then into a company because they don't take on ty- some of the things that you rejected. What mm-hmm. What did you learn from that in, in, in yourself, but also about building what became companies after that in doing it yourself versus bringing the team in first? Mm, yeah,
1: so... And, and, and of course, everyone doing, you know, all other entrepreneurs doing it the the investment way. I honor that, and I I just found that I am a different, I'm in a different arena. I think the biggest thing I learned was everything comes internally. Like, I'm a big proponent of when there's a challenge or an issue or something's going on in my outside world, I immediately go inside. What's, What's coming up for me inside so I can shape my outside world. So I brought that principle, a little stoic, if you will. I brought that principle into business. So when I was seeking investment, I was going external, meaning I would, instead of going internal of how can I figure this out it's in like the the MVP way, like through the path of least resistance. How how can I how can I really get resourceful? For me, it was just. You know, by by going that route, I wasn't really working my my resourcefulness muscle, my innovation muscle. I was just like, oh, I'll just get money and we'll go from there. So it didn't it actually disempowered me instead of empowered me. So I think it really was just a where I was mentally and what I wanted to push myself to do. So I just I broke free of that and then I, I flipped the switch. So instead of seeking money, I now was like, I'm going to invest money. I'm going to part with my money into things that will push me and help me go inside and help me grow and help me learn how to create my own money, my own own money that then I can invest in whatever I want. And it was epic.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a very different take. All right. So let's talk about that a little bit. So I would love to. (laughs) So Rather than seeking other investors to come in and join you on your process, you decided to look for other things that you could invest in that I guess excelled your own internal needs but also taught you more about yourself. Tell us about that. What do you mean by taught you more about yourself?
1: So it's really awesome. I was just having this conversation of like going with investment or not going with investment. And you know, money is a big part of entrepreneurship, and I have just been diving into my relationship with money and how it really works. And for me, it was just getting that money. It and and just you know dive. They had a whole team, and they're like, "All right, we're going to build everything, and it's all going to be taken care of." It it just seemed easy to me. That that's and obviously it was not you know ridiculously easy, but it just didn't see it. Took, it felt like it was taken away. THE CRAZY BUMPY PARTS OF ENTREPRENEURSHIP THAT WE ALL GO THROUGH THAT I FEEL LIKE I WASN'T REALLY EXPERIENCING. SO I DECIDED, I WAS LIKE, I, I DON'T WANT TO DO THAT. SO WHAT ARE THINGS, COACHES, YOU KNOW, PROGRAMS, EXPERIENCES THAT I CAN JUMP OFF THE CLIFF, MAKE A HUGE RISK, AND SEE WHAT HAPPENS? I THINK IT WAS ME JUST WANTING TO PUSH MYSELF TO MAKE REALLY RISKY DECISIONS you know, based on my values, based on my purpose, and see what happened. Like, I wanted to really experience that, and I wouldn't change that for the world.
0: What, what was the best investment that you made in yourself during this time?
1: Mm. So, one for, I'll do one for personal life, and then one for, like, it's a literal business uh, investment. So, personal, moving to Denver, Colorado was, the greatest decision I could have made uh, for that phase of my life. That was about a year and a half ago. And that was, yeah, I mean, I didn't know anyone there. It was a huge risk, and it just felt right. It aligned with everything uh, in my value system. And it really just strengthened every aspect of of my life at that time. So that's one. And then the second was investing in this high-level coaching program uh, about six months ago that changed everything. Like they, By investing in that, which was such a big investment, it, we bar- like my business partner and I could barely pull it off. But we said, you know what, we believe in this so much, we believe in what we're doing. We know that if we do this, we are going to enter in a new frequency of thought, of decision making, and we're going to do it. So we but somehow pulled it off. And what they have taught us and empowered us to do has quite literally changed our entire life. We are now able to do things that seemed so far off in the distance uh, before we joined. So it was a life-changing experience. And we're still, we now just, we're doing the next level now, which is now empowering us to do a whole other set of things that I never thought I would be able to do with my life and with my business and the freedom that we now have
0: that's so cool and, and such a an, an important thing obviously for our world in the coaching world where we're asking business owners and, and entrepreneurs and people who are leaving jobs to invest in themselves and trust us with uh, their hard-earned money or sometimes um, scary debt in order to further their business but most people don't take that leap what about that coach or that process led you to understand and truly believe that this was the right program, the right coach, the right community to become a part of.
1: Thank you so much for for asking me that question because I know I'm sure at least one person listening has been jaded by someone in the coaching world i know i haven't been jaded but i i've been in experiences where i did not feel supported i didn't feel heard and i think it is we are now having an awakening in the coaching world where we are all waking up and saying you know what i i do have pure intentions and i want to reflect that in my entire experience for someone so with them this particular you know part of the coaching industry there's a lot of I guess, gurus, if you will. That's a term that I see a lot. And a lot of people are like, hey, you know, give me X amount of money and then I will teach you how to make X amount of money. And it's like it's weird, like, what, really what's the value? What's going on, right? I know we've all heard about. So I was definitely a little hesitant. I'm like, we want to do these certain things in marketing and sales, but we want to do it with intention. We want to do it with purpose. We want to do it in a way that's aligned with our values. Like, we are impact first, income second because when we lead with our impact, we actually make more money. So we had a very defined set of values and a way that we make decisions, and I was not willing to let you know, let any of that um, off the hook. Like, I had to find exactly who was aligned with this, and I did a handful of calls, and I was like, man, I don't know if what you know, I don't know if this person is out there for us. And then finally, I found this coach through a Facebook ad. Thank God it popped up in my newsfeed. And just the way that they spoke to me on the phone, the way that they treated me, and even in the middle of the sales call, I was like, hey, listen, I know you talked to hundreds of people, but I just want to say, I feel very supported by you. I feel like this is very genuine. I feel like you really give a crap about our success, and I just want to point that out. So it really was that feeling of values alignment of a very, the way that they explained their program, it was very in-depth in a way that was exciting and tangible. And yeah, the, the, the sales guy that I talked to was just, he really cared. And funny, he ended up being our biggest champion and we are his favorite client and we just developed this really strong relationship. So to, in short, to answer your question, uh, the reason what felt right it was i could tell that they led with purpose and that they led with impact more than the average coach in this part of the industry and that is where that alignment just flourished
0: i love it it it's so um it's so wonderful to hear the not only the the the, the reasons you did it but the the passion that you still have for it because whenever we buy something, whether it's a coaching program or a new car or a new t v right it's we are so excited the day that we do it, but then six months down the road well it's you know it's my car or it's my t v or yeah, I've got that program, and but I'm doing this other thing now, but use stuff with it, and for for everyone listening, um Alex mentioned that you know she moved to Denver a year and a half ago and um hired this coach six months ago, and she's relatively new, and I'm using again air quotes. Um, new entrepreneur, a new business, but you've gone from zero to six figures in under a year. So the success that you've had is way outsized for most entrepreneurs. Where, where did the success come from? Not only internally with what you, you have in your own purpose, but where did the coaching help? Where did outside influences help in getting to a six-figure income inside of a year, which is just amazing, amazing success?
1: Yeah, I think it's a lot of of what we were talking about before of when things are going on externally uh, to really manage. The first part is uh, in any success, at least for me, managing my emotions in a healthy way. So there are times, uh, you know, throughout business where I find myself freaking out, right? I'm sure we've all been there. And I, I saw that, you know, when I would get in that mode, it actually affected so many other parts of my business, and it was taking me away from the success that I deeply desired. So the first step is emotional intelligence and and healthy emotion and energy management. Like, that is what I've been mastering. I've done so many, I've read so many books. I've, I did this really incredible course called The Human Element, which is all about self-awareness. I have frameworks. I have tools. Like I am constantly working on my mindset my emotions, my, I'm really big into energy, right? We are energetic beings. We can feel uh, We can feel different energy fields around us. Like everything is energetic. So that is the first part of what I believe empowered me to become successful so early on. And then the second part is what we talked about of investing in the things that I need, right? I, I think it's just so crazy to me that when I hear entrepreneurs, like, I don't have money and I can't invest in that thing. And I'm like, well, of course, with that attitude and that language that's shaping your reality, you will never be able to. So instead, I've always, when I don't have enough money to invest in something I want, I never let that hold me back because money is a tool. It's the tool to do the things that we want. So why in the world would I let it hold me back? So I, I flex my resource muscle and I figure it out. And that right there, that figure it out mentality, man, you would be astonished at the things a human can do when they live and breathe in that space of I believe in it so much that I'm always going to figure it out and there's no other option.
0: We're talking to Alex Agresta on the Entrepreneur's MBA podcast sponsored by powertexting.com. As I said, powertexting.com has a free gift for one lucky listener on the show and that is a four- or five-night hotel stay at one of 17 five-star resorts. And if you're interested in winning a hotel stay to get away for it all and recharge a little bit, go to podcasttrip.com and enter your information for the drawing because one person will win that amazing trip. And we're talking about purpose and investment-driven success and fast-track success to from zero to $100,000 in under a year. Now that you've hit that point, which is I guess a pinnacle in some ways in most businesses hitting that six-figure mark, and others have done it fast just like you have, but that brings its own challenges. What challenges came up once you started to get the business and have really fast success, and how have you overcome them?
1: Yeah, so I would say getting over Income humps is what I call it. So we'd be at you know generating a certain amount one month, and then we say, okay, what do we need to know? What what is it that we don't know to get over this hump? And the way that I see the income hump is it's in income and impact. How can we impact more people? Because when we impact more people, is when we receive that money to keep furthering our purpose. So that's a big hurdle, and that's something that I'm you know I still go through. Uh, where I'm at right now, like we're we're here. How do we get to the next level of success, right? How do we break through the ceiling uh, with each level of success? And, I mean, I'm still uncovering this. I I really do think it's a balance of the mindset. What is it that I don't know? What what more do I need to to develop in my leadership and my emotions and all of that? And then the second part is systems. So what systems and processes do I not know and do I not have implemented into my business that will really empower me to run this business the way that I want it to. So I would say those are two really big things, mindset and systems that I believe will always be present at every level of success. Because think about it, we don't know what we don't know, right? It's like I we, we're so unaware of so many things, not in a bad way, it's just we haven't reached that that piece of knowledge yet. It hasn't come into our awareness. So I think it's so important to be so mindful of those two things, whether you're at, Zero dollars, or you're at a hundred thousand, or you're at millions, or lots of millions. Those two will always be there to work through.
0: That's great, and you, you you take so much of the internal. I'm I'm hearing so many of the internal things that that you you've worked on, and that um, that you encourage other entrepreneurs. There's there's people listening that are like, all right, enough with the touchy feely stuff. I want the nuts and bolts. So <laughs> how? <laughs> You have three action steps that you believe drive businesses forward and that that you work with your clients are. What are those three action steps?
1: Oh, man. (laughs) I have to boil it down to three. Okay, so one.
0: You're the one who has three in the stuff that you sent me.
1: (laughs) I know. I know. know. But now that we're talking, I'm like, oh, my God, I want to talk about 30. Okay, so glad you touched on the people that are like all right enough with the spiritual stuff enough with the emotion stuff but for those people listening that is something that is so important that there may be something you know in you that's resisting that think about it business is a a manifestation of something that is inside of a human that's all it is we have an idea right in our brain and then we create it in the real world so for all of you out there emotions and spirituality is a part of business, and the sooner that you step into that, you'd be surprised at the next level of success that you can reach. So just want to touch on that, which leads to my first action step, that's to believe that the universe is always working for you. What I found is in my business, you know, when I can't pay a bill one month, or I thought I was going to get a big client, and they ended up saying no, or something on my you know, my website completely crashed, right? All these things that we deal with. If I step into the victim mentality of why is this happening to me? I thought I did everything that I, right? What is going on? That gets me farther away from actually tangibly solving the problem. So having that faith that this is happening to me and for me for a reason, it helps me actually solve the problem faster and get to where I need to go. So that, you know, whatever you believe in, you know, whatever higher power or whatever thing on earth that you believe in, restore your faith and restore it every single day because it is helping us to actually solve our tangible, real problems in business. And then second is courage. Oh, man, that is such a big word to me. And to embrace that every single day and to choose courage over fear is what empowers us, I think, to just explore, explore what we don't know and explore what's out there, uh, create new relationships, meet that next person that totally changes our life and our business for the better. right It's, it's I always say it's live, live in the instead of living in the answer live in the question. And that right there takes a lot of courage. It takes courage to say yes to entrepreneurship. it takes courage to uh, you know keep building this business when it's beating us up right? So it's, we always need to have that courage through every single up and down in our business, the the, you know, the big, big highs and especially the lows. And then the third is, I love this, getting a kick in the butt from people who love us most. So that is what we were talking about, of investing in the things that you need. Find the people that love you so much that they're not going to let you get off the hook. I always said my whole life, I don't want to be around yes men, I, I don't want people just to to be googly eyed over the visions and the dreams I have. I want them to tell me how it is so I can get better. So whether it's an accountability partner, whether it's you know your best friend who's also an entrepreneurship, whether it's a coach, invest in the people that give you that tough love because it has really shaped me as a person and empowered me to get to where I'm at
0: so so powerful especially the last one is getting that kick in the butt that you need but many business owners especially those starting out they have friends and family that love them and through no fault of their own tell them all the reasons why it won't work how do you find or how have you found it how do you encourage others to find those that love you that give you the push in the right direction rather than the, I want to protect you, you shouldn't do this side of entrepreneurship.
1: Mm-hmm. Are, are, so are you asking how do we find the people that are pushed up to say yes to it versus no?
0: Correct. Because so many of us, yeah, okay. whether it's our parents or our friends or our spouse, they're looking to protect us, and so they say, yeah. oh, you shouldn't do that, it's too risky. But there are people that love us that are be like, oh, hell yeah, you should do that, and here's why, and I'm going to hold you accountable to it.
1: Yeah, yeah. So there's a few facets to that. So I I look at the word family as not just your blood relatives, right? Those are our family, of course, but also the, you know, people that are going to be there for us equally as much as someone who is our blood relative. So the first thing is I changed my relationship with who I see as family. So once I did that, I started surrounding myself in different communities or different events where I could find these people that I knew had the qualities that I didn't have that I needed. So for those of you listening, identify what it is that you need. What, like, is it daily accountability? Is it someone to vent to and then work through the thoughts and things that are coming up in a healthy way? Is it someone that you need? Like I need business systems and processes. I don't even know where to start. Identify what it is that you need and then go find it outside of your blood relatives. So that's one. Like there are a handful of communities that I joined when I first got started, and I felt so heard, and I felt so connected to those people because I had identified exactly what I want, and then I researched where the hell to go find these people, and then I made a request of what I needed, and they said, yes, I support you. Let's do this. So that's the first part. And then the second part, for those of you that have experienced, you know, people that are your family and they love you and they just want to protect you, so they tell you, no, don't do that, I have found that that's just a projection of some fears and things that are coming up for them. So actually, one of my clients, she said it best. She's like, the family members that don't support me on this, they're not my ideal client, so of course they don't get it, so it's okay. I was <laughs> like, that is the most badass, empowering thing you could have ever said, She's like, yeah, I love them. I give them a hug and say, I'm going to go do it anyway. You don't get it because you don't want to buy it. And I was like, yes, sister, that is so true. So remember, your your family members that maybe are getting freaked out, they're not your ideal client. They don't get it. They probably will never get it. So love them for who they are and keep doing your thing.
0: That is so great. Um, (laughs) Attributing to the people around you to your ideal client rather than to the love that they bring you. That's super cool. Right. So, but it's a great transition to my next question, which is, who is your ideal client? Who do you work with, and how did they appear in on your journey to your six-figure business?
1: Yes. Okay. So, a little bit of a story. So, we first started my business partner and I. We first started helping uh, CEOs of larger companies to implement, you know, this purpose-driven system to create a purpose-driven culture, and then we decided to go online. We do want to scale our movement. We want to get it into as many hands as we can. So we realized that doing you know, just in-person coaching, consulting sessions, was, we couldn't scale. We only had so much bandwidth. So once we went online and we started diving into the online world, which if anyone's doing that right now, it's a totally different world than the in-person world. So we built this awesome program, which we still, this, it's our main program, and we thought we, we were going to still be working with you know, CEOs of smaller businesses, the ones that are predominantly online. And, you know, a handful of clients later, they were all coaches. So we're like, wait, but we're the coach. How are we attracting coaches? So it was opportunity to listen to the market, right? To do some more discovery of, you know, what what is missing in the market that clearly we're solving that we didn't even know that we were solving. So we did some more interviews of of clients and you know what's going on what's coming up here and we found a really beautiful niche in the market so we help you know air quotes post nine to five purpose-driven coaches so all of our clients you know they've had a successful career usually in corporate america maybe somewhere else but somewhere where they were naturally a leader they were naturally transforming people they have this gift to empower others and you know they're they're towards uh, the later part of their life and they're like you know what I've had a successful run, but I really want to channel this, this coaching gift in an avenue that works for me, meaning I want this to be on my own terms. I, I want to run the show because I know I can impact people the way that I want. So they dive into coaching, and we say purpose-driven because, of course, yes, they want to make money, but they know that when they leave with purpose and impact, they actually end up making more money, so it's always purpose first. And uh, usually up to about two years in the coaching game, I work with anyone who's like, hey, I want to quit my job to I'm about to quit my job to I've quit my job for the past six months and I, I need help. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> so we're in that, like, that range right there. And with, it's all with the intention to help them turn their purpose into an impactful and profitable company.
0: So cool because I know we have a lot of people that fit into that boat that are still in a job and, and yeah. doing their side hustle, and they want to make it real, but, but they're not ready to dive in full force, and, and that's where you can come in and help. And
1: exactly.
0: uh, In the show notes, Alex is going to give away some great information and great stuff, so definitely go there to get some free giveaways. But where can people reach you who want to learn more about you or, or get in touch with you directly because they r- yeah. are right there, right in your niche where you can help them?
1: Yeah, yeah, I would say for anyone that is in any of those areas uh, in your life and business and you happen to listen to this episode, please reach out. You know, even if we don't end up working with each other, I want to champion you, and I am all about engaging in that meaningful conversation. So the best place you can find me is Facebook. I am all up on the Facebook Uh, We have a really great Facebook group. It's called The Purpose Sphere. It's like the atmosphere, but The Purpose Sphere. So I'll give Adam uh, that link so you can check that out. But you can just type in Alex Agresta Purpose. Uh, I usually pop up with that word next to my name. I think it's becoming like my middle name.
0: (laughs) So you can check (laughs) me out there.
1: Alex Agresta Purpose. Shoot me a friend request. Please shoot me a message. Um, We can just engage in that conversation. I can learn more about you. So that's the best place and then, of course, I have uh, our website, PurposePioneers.com, so you can learn more about our movement and what we're up to. And then my personal website, dot com.
0: appreciate that. That's great. And you, So you said you, you live on Facebook, and I know you do a lot of advertising and um, both paid and organic on Facebook. And for some people are scared of Facebook. I honestly, when I coach my clients, I coach them on ways to get – clients not on Facebook first, and then go to online channels, whether it's Facebook or Instagram or the others, but you use a lot of Facebook. What have you found to be the most successful part of Facebook for your post-9-to-5 coaches that you work with?
1: Yeah, awesome question. So what you just said, Adam, I completely agree with. Uh, Getting into the coaching game, leveraging your existing community, getting your butt out there at events the in-person stuff, getting some clients that route first, I believe, is so powerful, and then going into the online world. So I use that same approach, Adam. I love that you do as well. So, yeah, Facebook, I know some people are scared of it. I know some of my clients sometimes are, and then they start to see the shift of, like, wow, this really is a great place. I think if you use it correctly, and what I mean by correctly is with intention, I'm not getting caught up in, there's so many things on Facebook, and I think that's what bogs people down. So when I go on Facebook, I'm on a mission. You know, I, I'm in a handful of groups, including two of my own that I run. I, I have a very strict guideline of who I accept as my friends, right? I'm always cleaning up my friends list. I want it to be this very curated, aligned friends list. And then I'm now diving into the ads, right? And oh, man. If, if you don't like Facebook ads, I would say start, start changing your relationship now because this is one of the greatest advertising platforms, I think, uh, for coaches and entrepreneurs if you get the right direction. So, yeah, I think it's just all about uh, setting your intention, choosing not to get bogged down by other things on Facebook, right? There's like literal notification buttons. Like you, you don't have to have your notifications on for certain things. You really can curate your Facebook feed in a way that works for you. So that's my first thing. And then the second part, I think what has been really successful for me is joining aligned Facebook groups. So there's, wow, there's so many amazing Facebook groups for coaches to join them and start building relationships. You'd be surprised that, you know, if you comment on something, a genuine comment or something, like you're really curious, people are like, wow, not many people actually care this much thank you for caring and you'd be surprised at the meaningful relationships that you can build and the last thought is I have found that when people want a coach uh, if they're not leveraging you know in-person networks they go to Facebook to find a coach I've got all my coaches on Facebook so I think it's a spot that
0: uh, that's such a great nugget in in the, the commenting and and we talked about it on a prior episode here on the show That so many people reach out for themselves first, whether it's through a Facebook direct message or whether it's LinkedIn and going and saying, hey, buy my crap, versus if you comment on somebody else's picture or someone else's good day, bad day, success, win, and say, hey, congratulations. Then when you send them a direct message to deepen the relationship, they already have a good feeling. So um, I love yeah. the fact that you brought up commenting on other people's things because the reason we post on Facebook is because it's something important to us and others who, who share that with us become closer to us automatically.
1: Exactly. Spot on.
0: So great. And um, before we wrap up, this has been a great conversation, a ton of great nuggets just on purpose and on coaching. I want to make one comment and then I have one final question. And some of you may be saying, well, I'm not a coach. How does this help me? And my answer to that, and Alex, I'll let you jump in, is whether you're a a coach of coaches like Alex is or whether you work with entrepreneurs, mostly solopreneurs, who are in a knowledge-based field, doctors, accountants, financial advisors, people who sell their knowledge like the people I work with, um, all of you can add coaching to your business because even though you're helping individuals out there with your specific service, there are other people in your field that are not your competition, but you can collaborate with and you can coach them so you can have a coaching business in your chosen field. Even if you own a hardware store, coach other hardware store owners on how to run theirs better. Alex, what are your thoughts on that?
1: I think you said that absolutely beautifully. I I couldn't agree more. I think it's, like, if you don't identify as a coach, that's okay, right? If you're a lawyer, if you run a hard, if you have a hardware store, if you're a plumber, like, it doesn't matter what you are, uh, what you identify as. I think it's really what a coach embodies. So I believe a coach is someone that genuinely wants to help make people better, wants to show them something that they didn't know before, right? I'm thinking about uh, someone at Home Depot walking around like, hey, do you need help? And I'm like, they're like, yeah, I'm building this kitchen. I don't really know what to get. And they take me through this whole experience and show me things that I didn't know before. And then I leave excited and empowered. That Home Depot worker is a coach. They have elements and qualities of a coach. So once again, I'm I'm a big proponent of, changing our relationship with words and concepts. If you are someone in the entrepreneurship world that sits down and has client engagements and you are giving them value that makes them a better person and shows them things that they did not know before, then, my friend, you are a coach. (laughs) You don't have to say you're a coach, but you embody what it means to be a coach, and in my opinion, a purpose of a coach. So to what Adam was saying, I love that, Adam. I'm going to start... uh, sharing that with people. In, incorporate something into your business where you're guiding people and and having that coaching aspect, right? People just want to feel heard. They want to feel understood. And when they feel heard and understood by you, guess what? They're going to buy from you and they're going to tell their friends about it. So yeah, any way that you can incorporate that into your business in a way that's unique to you and works for you, uh, the better off you are. I think you're going to see even more success.
0: And that leads perfectly into my my final question and something that that you sent over in the notes as we were preparing for the show. And by the way, this show is a month in the making. We've had to reschedule it. We've had health issues, plane travel, all sorts of stuff. But we finally made it happen. But when when you're talking about purpose-driven coaching, even as we're talking about now people who aren't coaches or don't identify that way, that they can give back to others and make money while doing it you talk about turning a business into a movement and getting people passionate. Tell us more about what that means to you and what's one tip or a couple tips that people can do to turn their business into a movement which can really explode their success.
1: Yes, you're ending it with one of my favorite questions, Adam. You you know me so well already.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I always have a good plan.
1: Oh, I love this plan. so. Anyone can turn their business into a movement. I don't care if you're a coach, not a coach, any type of entrepreneur that you are, you can turn your business into a movement, and it's one simple thing. It's okay. So, say you sell, uh, Adam, pick a, a tangible thing that someone could sell. Shoes. Shoes. Beautiful. Okay, so you own, you know, a a shoe store, and you sell shoes. That right there. How to turn your business into a movement? IS RECOGNIZING THAT YOU'RE NOT SELLING WHAT YOU'RE ACTUALLY SELLING. IT SOUNDS CRAZY, I KNOW. LIKE, WHAT DO YOU MEAN I'M NOT SELLING SHOES? YOU'RE ABSOLUTELY NOT SELLING SHOES. YOU'RE SELLING A FEELING, YOU'RE SELLING AN EXPERIENCE, YOU'RE SELLING A LIFELONG MEMORY, YOU'RE SELLING A VISION, AND THAT'S WHAT ALL, I BELIEVE, ALL ENTREPRENEURS NEED TO STEP INTO, TRANSCENDING THEIR ACTUAL OFFERING, RIGHT? I DON'T SELL A COACHING PROGRAM. I SELL CLARITY. I sell confidence, and I sell certainty. It just happens to be in the form of a coaching program. So for anyone listening, whatever it is that you sell, what are you actually selling? When someone buys from you, how do they feel? What memories do they start to formulate around this experience with you? What is, what is this vision, this, this crazy thing that you think about every single day that you incorporate into the experience in your business? Right, like I always talk about MLK. He wasn't a civil rights activist. Like, yeah, he literally was, but he was a change maker. He he was a movement creator. That's what he was. He said, "I have." A, he didn't say, "I'm a public speaker and I'm an activist." He said, "I have a dream that one day these things are going to happen." Incorporate your vision into your conversation, and it might feel a little scary, right? because it's like, well, don't people just want to buy these shoes? No, they don't, I promise you. They want to walk into that store and be rocked by whatever it is that you choose to talk about, how you make them feel, so they walk out like, wow, I feel like I'm a better person today, all because of the shoes.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That is tremendous and a great way to end the show. Thank you, Alex, for being here. You can follow her on Facebook. You can follow both of us on Facebook alex agresta and adam kipnis you can follow me on instagram at at adam kipnis alex thanks for the the knowledge thanks for the fun thanks for the stories today i really appreciate your time
1: yeah thank you so much you asked some really great questions and i love doing this because we get to just free flow and meaningful conversations so thank you for thank you for inviting me on
0: you're very welcome and thanks everyone for listening to today's episode of the entrepreneurs mba podcast you've been listening to the entrepreneurs mba Download Adam's free book, How to Make More Money in Your Business, at
1: www.freebookfromadam.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.